Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Produce Buzzers Podcast. We are so happy you have joined us today, and I think you will be too after the show is over, because you will learn a lot about fresh fruits and vegetables, how to select and store them, how to prepare and cook them, and surprising facts about their history and origin. We hope it inspires you to eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, not only for your health, but also for your delight and pleasure as you explore their amazing world of taste and delicious flavors. Eating more of them will transform your life in so many positive ways. So settle back, relax, and get ready for another delicious adventure with the Produce Buzzers. Welcome to another delicious episode of the Produce Buzzers podcast. I'm Edwin Stepp, your host and the editor of ProduceBuzz.com. I'm joined once again by Teresa Nolan, the founder and the president of Produce Buzz, along with Rick Stepp and Cynthia Benedetto, both contributing editors to Produce Buzz. Now today, Produce Buzzers podcast fans, we are going to learn about a unique citrus fruit that has been taking the fruit world by storm. It is fast becoming a heavyweight in the produce aisle. It is a fruit that no doubt you are seeing front and center in the produce departments right now, and you will see for the next few months. And maybe you have wondered about them, what they taste like, what's their origin, where are they grown? They are being highlighted in most produce sections now, but they are not a pretty sight. They are odd-shaped and covered in bumps. And to top it off, they have one huge bump on the top of the fruit that makes it look like it's deformed. It's kind of like the elephant man of the fruit world. But we here at Produce Buzz think they are beautiful. Rather than an elephant man, we think they're more like that pug-nosed or bulldog that so many dog lovers adore and love. It's that strange shape and gnarly look that draws us to them because... Just like that bulldog, there is something very special going on underneath their lovable skin. We are talking about Sumo Citrus. Have you heard of them? No doubt you've seen them, but maybe you didn't know what they are called or why they are called that. And today we have a guest who is going to explain that to us and tell us everything we wanted to know, but were afraid to ask about these weird and wonderful treats. Sonia Gull joins us today. She is Vice President of Marketing at AC Foods, which owns the Sumo, Sumo Citrus brand, as well as some other leading brands in the fresh produce industry. Sonia is a dynamic marketing leader who has been instrumental in making Sumo Citrus a household name. She is a marketing pro with over 15 years, mostly in the food industry, where she brought cutting-edge creativity and strategic thinking to some well-known companies. She has worked for Novartis Pharmaceuticals, ACH Food Companies, which owns the Mazzola Oil and Fleischmann's Yeast brands, among other famous labels. And she has worked for Foster Farms and my favorite, Giardelli Chocolate Company. Mm. <laughs> In 2019, Sonia joined AC Foods and breathed new life into the Sumo Citrus brand by spearheading a complete redesign in 2019. Under her vision, what was once a brand with minimal campaign spending has now transformed into a name that resonates with consumers. Her strategies led to huge leaps in consumer awareness for Sumos. She was able to tap into the obsessed fans of Sumo Citrus and feature them in ads and social media posts to grow their cult-like following. Many of those posts on social media went viral, spreading the gospel of the delicious and fun Sumo Citrus. Sonia, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a delight to have you. We've been wanting to feature Sumo Citrus for as long as we started had the podcast going. So it's great to have an expert like you and someone who knows it well. But first, let's learn a little bit more about Sonia. We just said a few things about you. Uh, you wound up in the produce business, uh, but you weren't. That's not where you started. What's your background? Where did you Where did you grow up? My passion has always been. Um in the food sector for a really long time from the beginning of my career. So the brands and the companies you mentioned, um, I've had the privilege of working at those companies, um, getting my grounding um, and experience in marketing. And, but it's always been focused on brand growth. And so 
in 2019, when I joined AC Foods, um, it was really to drive growth of the Sumo Citrus brand. And that has been my focus for now, almost the last five years. Fantastic. And, you know, produce brands are, it's a difficult thing in produce uh, to create and maintain a brand and build a ba- yes. brand awareness because it's not widgets, right? You know, no. you're not just turning Mother the Nature same. Is, the, is the boss, yes. <laughs> right. And I think we'll get into a little bit of that today uh, about why the sumo is so special in that realm uh, and, you know, with, and the challenges that face the growers face growing them. But I, first of all, I want to say, I hope you didn't mind me poking a little fun at the looks of Sumo Citrus. Oh, not at all. That's <laughs> a huge part of why consumers are curious, because it's such an odd looking piece of fruit and that drives <laughs> drives trial. So, right. so not, no problem at all. <laughs> good, good, good. I figured that might be the case. So tell us more about AC Foods. What's its history? Uh, what are some of the other things you grow? Yeah, so AC Foods has come together um, due to different acquisitions over the past 10 years or so um, with expertise in farming, packing, shipping, and marketing brands that hopefully consumers love. Um, We focus on three permanent crops, citrus, blueberries, and hazelnuts, and really are, yes, we have hazelnuts. Um, And really our mission is to expand access to healthy foods through better farming. We have a focus on regenerative agriculture, Mm. um, supporting local communities. Um, And with those three crops, we manage over 20,000 acres um, across multiple states and a few countries. um, And half of that acreage is is dedicated to citrus. What are the states you're in? in, uh, California, obviously, we know that. We do in California. We grow um, citrus as well as blueberries in California. Okay. And then we grow blueberries through Oregon as well. Okay. And we grow um, sumo citrus specifically as well as some other citrus in Australia. Oh, so you're growing sumos in Australia. We are. Oh, fantastic. I wasn't aware of that. But what that's good to know. Hazelnuts are primarily grown in Oregon, and a majority of the hazelnuts that we grow are are exported out of the country. There's a much larger demand for hazelnuts in Europe. So a lot of that, we we basically grow them, and then we ship them for export. Okay. And then they go into that Nocella that I buy. Nutella. I, Nutella. I, 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 I my <laughs> guess is that's where it's going. Italy right. <laughs> is taking all of the hazelnuts. Right. Ha- hazelnuts the new- in general were uh, a struggle to Fine this year here did how was your crop same thing we've had challenges on our hazelnut crops for the last few years and so even as we look at the export business um, for hazelnuts I think there's challenges not only on growing them but also commanding sort of a price um, that allows us to you know continue to function and grow the the hazelnuts so it's been challenging I would say for the last three to four years Mm, great Tell us a bit more about the regenerative agriculture. What's it, what is it and why is that important? So for us, it's really focused on restoring critical ecosystems, um, conserving resources and nurturing our communities. So the four sort of key areas that we focus on is around conservation. We are thinking about the use of our water, fuel, energy. Um, we're focused on supporting natural habitats and beneficial insects for our crops. Um, we think about carbon sequestration through, you know, living soils. And then last, and that's certainly not least, is really around nourishing employees and the communities that we operate in. Oh, so we're really focused on the employees and the communities there. Very holistic approach. It's not just producing the crop. It's, it's not just as we think about where we're producing those crops and the right. communities we impact. Right. Well, let's get to Sumo Citrus. Uh, tell us about its origin and... Uh... What, and, and, you know, has, it, has it been around for thousands of years, like a lot of other cities? <laughs> it ha- it's been around for a while. Um, we actually, the the variety was originally cultivated in Japan in the 1970s um, oh. by a grower who was set out to develop the ultimate citrus experience. Um, oh. So this this variety was dubbed Decapon. So if you hear the word Decapon, um, that was dubbed in Japan, and it's been prized. In Japan and East Asia since then, um, seedlings for this variety were first imported into the U.S. in 1998. But okay. because it's one of the most challenging varieties to grow, it wasn't until 2011 um, that it became 
available to the public. Wow. So after so. years of growers trying to figure out how do we actually grow this variety in California soil? Will California water? Um, we now have dedicated farmers who've been working on that for years. So this will be, this season is our 14th season in market with Sumo Citrus. But it took you almost that long to get it to where it was producing and probably not large crops then either. It's been, That's yeah, correct. Right. Yeah. And it's a fairly new variety. It is a hybrid though. It is. Uh, so the Japanese farmer uh, crossed, what did, do you know what he crossed? What did they cross? The, the hybrid Mandarin was derived. The parents are a Satsuma, um, an orange oh. and a Mandarin. So okay. those three sort of created um, the Decapon and that's what we imported um, from Japan in the late nineties. Right. So it's been, it's, I, I didn't that realize. That was, was what? A... What was the the cross? It was Satsumas, an orange, and a mandarin. Yeah, very good. I, I, so I didn't realize it was such such a young variety. So yes. that's that's great, <laughs> but that's it's really exploding. As I said in the intro, it's gaining a lot of popularity, and uh, and I think more and more people know about it, and they know what it's like, and they know how fun it is. Uh, tell us about what it's like. What are its characteristics? What makes it such a unique fruit? So. I would say, I think first and foremost would be the flavor um, of sumo citrus and then the size. Um, All right. So mother nature, you know, delivers a variety of sizes for sumo citrus. Um, sometimes that can be dependent on the age of the tree. Um, and, but the, the biggest thing I think is that flavor consistency is driven by like the hard work of our growers and the technology we've invested into our growing practices and in our packing house. So the flavor is this burst of citrus. It's like the perfect balance of sweet sweetness, which is a high bricks um, and the right level of acidity to complement that. It's super easy to peel, it's seedless. Um, and that time that we were talking about from the time that it was imported to when we could figure out how we actually grow it here, um, the growers are really the heroes and the experts on the fruit. Um, so that's why we say not every decapon is a sumo citrus because only those hmm. meeting our specific size, our taste standards, and coming from Suntree, that's the brand sumo citrus is what consumers will see in store. Yeah. Um, What's the bricks in which it's harvested? Um, usually we're looking at a minimum bricks um, around 16 wow. is what we see. So. And, you know, the technology we invested into the plant allows us to actually read the bricks for every single piece of fruit. So that's where we're thinking about the bricks to acid ratio delivering sort of that burst of citrus flavor, which is very unique to Sumos. Well, I mean, a lot of our listeners, we've talked about bricks on the show before, but since most of our listeners are not in the industry, I want to just remind them what bricks is. It's basically a percentage of sugars in the fruit. And I think if it's a 16, that means it's 16%. I believe so. I yeah. believe so. Yes. Yeah. I think it's something like that. There may be a little bit of technical difference than just that, but it's 16% sugar. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's pretty high. And I'm fascinated by the fact you say that you can determine the BRICS level for every single piece of fruit without cutting yeah, it so open. <laughs> we, yeah, we actually have like an x-ray technology that was invested oh. into the packing house. So the fruits go through the x-ray machine on before they hit the packing line. Wow. And, you know, so the specs that our team has determined to deliver that optimal bricks to acid ratio will, will make it to the fresh market. And the fruit that doesn't make it to the fresh market usually ends up, you know, going to a partner on the juicing side. So we're not yeah. wasting any fruits. Um, but yeah, that's why we're we're pretty high standards in terms of what will be in a box that's listed as sumo citrus. Yeah. Is it like um most fruits in terms of it begins at a 16? So as the season continues, it'll be higher? It goes even higher. Yeah. So I think some of the lower ranges in the beginning of the season, I think could be around 15, but I've seen bricks, very high bricks, 18, 19. Wow. Yeah, I mean, um, yes. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I We track it every single year in terms of sort of the range that we see beginning of the season to the end of the season, but I don't have that information handy in terms of what that you know range could look like month to month. But you're right, there's definitely a range. So, and when you guys, uh, the growing, is mm -hmm. it like uh, for the citrus that it takes 
seven to 12 years that the tree matures? It takes about four to five years for a tree to bear fruit. Um, and in terms of maturity, I probably don't know that off the top of my head. I know, you know, some of the trees we have now we've had for, you know, over 14 to 20 years since it's our 14th season in market. I don't know what the average maturity is if whether that's, but I can, I can look into that. So, no, no. I, I just wondered um, in terms of, you've got a tree it's starting to produce produce fruit however a real crop could be several years so it's the oh, same it'll thing it'll be at least yeah it's the same thing it'll be at least five years to where you know even year one of the planting you'll see fruit and even though it breaks our hearts you have to pick that fruit off um for the first several years to make sure that the nutrients are going where they need to and then usually i think four to five years and we start bearing fruit that can actually, you know, deliver to the fresh market. And in terms of uh, identifiers, when you were saying the the skin, I can't believe that nobody here, uh, you notwithstanding, uh, mm -hmm. didn't talk about the the knob, like the samurai knob that's on top. Yeah, I let Edwin <laughs> spoke, spoke to that in the beginning of the, in the intro. So yes, that top knot, what we call the top knot, um, is very, very distinct. It can vary just like the size of the fruit varies. The prominence of the knob sometimes varies by the size of the fruit. Um, so that is very distinct for, for the fruit is, itself in terms of identifying it in store. So the that, beginning, that was when I was late for class, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, that was in the intro. I just referenced it, but I didn't make the I did not make the allusion to the top knot. And we're gonna yes. so let's just get into that. Let, why why are they called sumos? Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a great <laughs> question. Yeah. So this is um before my time, but um it's, it's, it's so Sumo Citrus is the trademark brand name, and it was actually the result of consumer research that was done back oh. in 2009. Okay. Um, so as we just talked about, the appearance of the fruit is very distinct, both the size as well as that knob, the knot on the top. And because it has Japanese roots and it's incredibly sweet, different names were actually tested with consumers. And that's what led to the selection of Sumo Citrus is that it tied in the best for consumers in terms of how it visually looked. Right. Um, and the Sumo So I guess the three syllables of Samurai would have been like, wouldn't have been. A little bit more, <laughs> more difficult, to, but I think it's like the size, right? Like the sumo related back to sort yeah. of the size of the fruit, where it's the biggest mandarin. Big, and it's got the, it's got the top knot, you know, the, the sumo wrestlers wear that uh, exactly. knot in the hair up at the top. So it's brilliant. I think I read somewhere that uh, brand names for citrus, the ones that only have two syllables do <laughs> do the best oh. i read that somewhere <laughs> well like this Halos is why consumers call it sumo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sumo. i don't know hard to come up with more than that but anyway so that's the that's where the, the, uh, the literal meaning of sumo is to compete mm. oh really so that also ties in if you think about it just to compete with in the citrus world right <laughs> that, that's True. interesting mm -hmm. i didn't know that Cynthia, you should have known that. You're Japanese. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I'm thinking, like, you know, well, Samurai, they had, like, you know, the, the, uh, some had the knot, and, but it doesn't roll off the tongue so well. And, yeah, and, uh, point. maybe that means warrior. I don't, yeah. Right. Well, back to the, back to the, more the profile of the sumo citrus. What are the nutritional benefits? I guess it's a lot like other citrus fruits, but does it dominate in some way? It does. It dominates. I think a lot of it has to do with sort of the size um, of the fruit as well, but it dominates in the vitamin C element from a nutritional profile. Okay. So it delivers 160, the average size fruit delivers 163% of your daily recommended vitamin C intake. Okay. So that's something we definitely try to educate consumers and our retailers on to where, you know, it's winter, it's cold. We want vitamin C. So sumo a day. <laughs> 
Right. Really if not good. more. <laughs> so it's more than a navel or some of the other citrus fruits or how does it compare? Um, I believe so. And I have to look up what those averages are because um, yeah. those sizes sometimes are a little bit more consistent, um, right. but definitely, definitely higher than I think the averages that I've seen historically. All right. Now, I said in the intro that they're in the stores now dominating the produce section. It seems like every store I've been in, they're right front and center. Uh, but what is the season for the sumos? How how long? When can they start getting them and how long do they last? Yeah, so our U.S. crop is in season generally January through April, um, providing Mother Nature, you know, is having is being kind to us um, right. that season. So January through April is the U.S. crop season. And then I briefly mentioned in the last, um, you know, seven to eight years, we have been growing sumo citrus in Australia. Okay. Um, that crop is a, it's a much smaller crop than what we have in the U S but that usually hits stores in September and October. You and import those here or they stay in Australia? We actually import a, most okay. of them to the U S okay. yes. Right. So September and October, maybe a little bit into November, but there's a little fall surprise and delight for consumers. And we're hoping that can sort of grow in, in the future. That was something that was another there's another thing that Teresa represented was the Aust some Australian citrus growers, didn't you, Teresa? And Rick worked oh. with her at that point too. So, yeah. when we were with D with uh, D and E, will you introduce the first Australian citrus to the United States? We were on the oh, ground wow. in that program, yeah, and it turned out to be very successful. That's great. Yeah, yeah. with those navels. When you bring those. Sumos into the U.S. Do they mostly stay on the on the West Coast, or do you distribute them nationally? Um, That's a great question. Actually, historically, what you know, during COVID nineteen sort of logistics nightmare um, challenges, we had pretty limited crop that would stay, you know, just on the West Coast. Um, this past season in twenty twenty three, we brought um, into the East Coast into the Savannah port as well. So we were able to get. East Coast distribution with a few with a few retailers, but because the overall crop size right now is very small, um, our distribution in that time frame is pretty small versus the U.S. time frame. Um, but yeah, this past season was the first time we had we were able to get to the East Coast as well. Good. Yeah. And is the pack out similar to apples, oranges, whatever as many as you can stuff in the box? Well, I think there's elements of, you know, the specs that created in terms of size and that breaks the acid ratio. Um, it's hand packed into totes um, in our facility. And so as long as it meets that spec, it will be hand packed. Um, it's put into sort of a tray. We need to make sure the fruit doesn't actually bump or grind against each other because the skin is so sensitive. It'll bruise really easily. So because the packing is very different than like a navel or an apple, it's not necessarily about like stuffing as many as we can. It's about making sure that we meet the spec and then that size can actually hold into sort of the configuration and logistically deliver to a retailer or a customer um, without impact to the actual fruit. And that that brings up a, a point that I found in doing a little bit of research is that it's, it is a fragile, more fragile fruit for in the citrus okay. realm. And that, you know, that I, I know that some of our consumers and listeners will say, oh, it looks like a great fruit. I think it's great. It's a little higher price, but there's some good reasons for why it's higher price. First of all, it's delicious and something that good should be higher priced. But secondly, the the uh, grow growing them is difficult. You said a little bit about that earlier. Tell us about the the challenges in growing sumo. Yeah, so I think uh, we say sumo citrus the world's most pampered fruit. Um, oh. <laughs> so in the instead of using high maintenance, I'm like it is very pampered. Um, so nearly <laughs> all North American sumo citrus is grown in a 60 mile radius of California's Central Valley. So that would be the San okay. Joaquin Valley. Right. Um, and the trees are hand pruned so that each piece of fruit gets more sunlight um, multiple times a year. The fruit is ripened on the tree. Um, each fruit is hand-picked and then harvested in small totes instead of big bins because, again, if they rub against each other, there's going to be a problem in terms of the skin. Um, 
even at our packing house, it's actually floated onto our lines in water oh, to prevent okay. bruising. Um, it's then hand packed into each box or in crate. Um, even from the field to the packing house is transported in air ride trailers. So there's less bumps across the road as it comes to our facility in Dinuba. So all of those elements, um, there's a higher you know, cost to our growers to actually grow the fruit. And every single step that we have to take from field to the packing house to the market, that's what really drives the cost of these to be more no, no, than no, what we see. No, 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 no. It's not that they cost more. It's because they're more valuable. They are very <laughs> valued, yes. <laughs> well, it's a lot of like a lot of the best things in life. Uh, it you know it takes it takes a lot of care and uh, meticulous work hard meticulous work to bring it to us to to us and with the with the flavor and everything they're definitely worth <laughs> the cost <Definitely. laughs> so and back to the bricks uh, level when you compare it with something like a mandarin the bricks on a mandarin run between eleven and fourteen and this is a sixteen. So that yeah. a lot of people are familiar with the mandarins. So that will give them an idea about how sweet it really is. Yeah, that's a, I'm glad that's a good comparison. Yeah, you know, there's no like, ah, uh, yeah. when you're, <laughs> when you're uh, and, eating that. Yeah, you know, the clementines, mandarins, same thing. Is that what you're referring to, Teresa? Mandarin, clementines, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, what should our listeners know about? this season for sumos it was a good season is there a lot of volume how 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 was the growing conditions this year so things have knock on wood um have been it's a great start to our season um we are projecting in 2024 to deliver the largest crop that we've ever had oh great um and so right now um, we started harvesting um, a little bit earlier in december so fruit started actually hitting the market right around christmas which was mm. a first for the brand. Um, so we are hopeful that the next few months um, that trend sort of continues and we can continue to pack the fruit. And there's no crazy weather events as we've had in California here the last two years um, right. and that we can continue to be in market, you know, through April. Yeah. And when right. you, uh, you can edit this out, but <laughs> at store uh, level, I haven't, gone crazy for it because the bricks is not to the point where i prefer you personally it, but, prefer it yeah. but that you can't always go by me because uh <laughs> like your last uh chocolate employer i'm liking stuff like that Teresa, on the other hand might go no oh my gosh it was so good but I like it sweet. So I'm just like kind of holding sweet. off. Yeah. Yes. So I think no. Fe February would be a it's, good month is oh, when okay. it starts. So I need to even... wait off to, okay. If, if okay. you prefer, if your personal preference is for like a higher brick. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, okay, now, Edwin, now we can get back into the box. No, no, and I'm going to comment gonna, I'm gonna... on that. No, we have some consumers, Cynthia, who are just the same, same sort of, you know, preference. And sometimes it's also that, you know, they're also like, well, like, you know, I'm remembering like April of last year and it was so sweet, which would be the highest bricks that it would be at. So sometimes it's also consumers are comparing to the end of a season to a beginning of a season. And I think what we ensure that we do is we we've tested fruit off of harvest, um, early harvest, mid harvest, late harvest, to ensure we're delivering a consistent experience for the brand. We've tested the large size versus the small size to make sure that the consumer is having a consistent experience. We've tested our US crop versus our Australian crop. So that's where I go back to like, it's a very specific piece of fruit that's gonna make it into the box. And you're absolutely right. There's going to be a personal preference for folks on, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something sweeter or I'm gonna wait a little bit, but there's sort of that, range that we have is sort of what we're trying to meet for every single piece of fruit. Very good. Yeah. So Cynthia is our unabashed sugarholic. <laughs> you know, we're supposed to be promoting healthy foods and she's munching away it's, on. It's natural. It's healthy and delicious. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's not refined. <laughs> she only eats cotton candy grapes. Uh, oh. <laughs> 
well, even uh, they have left me dry recently. <laughs> and and isn't chocolate uh, is chocolate a vegetable? I don't know. <laughs> oh, how is the cocoa bean? Yeah, how is that classified by the FDA? I don't know. <laughs> well, that dark chocolate is supposed to be very good for you. No, 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 no. The way that like you open it up and it's got all the, it's kind of gross, but because you know how I am about seeds, but. <laughs> and sumos don't uh, get any sweeter after they're picked, right? Like other some other fruits, they they stay pretty much the same. You or... know, that's a great question for the growing team. I think there is like a four to five day curing process that we have for the fruit at our facility. So it's always this balance of the bricks to acid ratio. So that's right. where we're trying to make sure that it's within sort of the standards that we've set. Yeah. So it potentially could change. Um but I would have to double check on that. Well, I guess uh, it's going to dehydrate a bit. And if it dehydrates a bit, it will, it may not increase in sugar, but it will probably taste a little sweeter, but you don't, want to, different with you don't want to, yeah, yeah. you don't want them to be too dry. When it starts <laughs> rotting, like right. the no. acid goes away, it's like good. Again, uh, Edwin will edit this out. <laughs> what about other citrus? Rick and Teresa, you would know this better than me. Do they sweeten up? Does the label orange sweeten up when it sits around for a little while? Not really. Uh, I'm wondering if the reason they have that curing period is for the skin color. Does that help the skin cure out and, and get better color, maybe? Could be. And I think a part of it that my understanding, and I can double check this, is the curing process, there is a little bit of like the acid sort of drops and that breaks to acid ratio then is in that optimal sort of zone. Right. So if you're right. It may not be the bricks is changing, but that ratio changes with the acid dropping. So I believe yeah. that that's what drives that sort of time frame. Sure. And again, edit this out because I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, half the show is going to be gone. I now, know, so. right. The, don't say this. Yeah. <laughs> this is off the record, but like grapefruit, it, you know, is just like, take the enamel off your teeth kind of like you know acid lack of bricks ratio so that's why uh the something like the sumo or cotton candy or something like that is so inviting you need to try the oro blanco i noticed that you ac foods grows Oro Blancos, those are white, but they are incredibly sweet. My neighbor in Pasadena. What, grapefruit? Street, grapefruit. Well, grapefruit. they're not going to be sweet enough for you, Cynthia. Yeah, right? okay. Yeah, yeah. For Me a grapefruit, neither, they're Cynthia. amazing. We're not yeah. going to talk. We, we, won't, we won't get into the other things. We're going to focus on sumo, but those Oro Blancos, my neighbor across the street in Pasadena had a tree and he would give away, he had to give away most of them. And they're unbelievably sweet. So, I hope you can develop that brand and get it going. <laughs> Unless my mom brought home some really good orchid and then she would preface it. The I'm doing the refined sugar on top. <laughs> yeah, Cynthia's three mother, times I ate it. Cynthia's mother was a pioneer in the produce industry. One of the first women executives in the produce business. She worked for Ocean Spray Citrus selling their grapefruit for many years. Okay. And like she, she started was, out with Orchid Island grapefruit which doesn't exist anymore it was really fantastic yeah yeah but well, also with oh. grapefruit that again if you're waiting later in the season it gets sweeter and That's so true. don't want to eat a grapefruit before february from florida <laughs> so right <laughs> when it comes to that that sweeter is relative <laughs> yes that's a good yeah. point <laughs> the sumo that i see in the stores and, and hats off to you sonia bringing your branding expertise and of course the way the growers grow them they are pretty much they're about as close to a widget in the produce aisle as you can <laughs> get because they seem to be so consistent but what would you say to someone when they're selecting them do they have to can they close their eyes and just pick them up or is there some other tricks well i think there's you know there's a lot of you know there's a huge passion for sumo citrus and a lot of consumers who are aware of sumo citrus and we're still working on you know getting sumo citrus in the mouth of every single consumer in the u.s so yeah. for those who are unfamiliar i would say um 
you know, when you touch the fruit, it's going to be a little squishy. Like the, okay. the skin is a little bit looser. That's, that's not abnormal. This. That's, that's not normal. abnormal because people are used to like a tough skin of a navel. So right. it's squishy. Um, you may see a variety of shapes and sizes. Again, that is how this variety works. You may see a really big top knot. You may see a small top knot. Um, the skin can be also, you know, there's some skin that will look really bumpy. Some skin will look a little bit smoother. All of that, I think I, we try to educate consumers saying all of that is normal and it's very different from every other piece of citrus. Um, and then, of course, what Cynthia and you mentioned, like the top knot it's very distinct and that is normal. Um, so as you look for it, if you're a first time user, just know that all of those things are what makes this variety so special. Um, and, you know, we also say for Sumo Citrus, look for the purple sticker. Um, okay. We have a lot of our branding, as you see, is with the color purple. That was very intentional as that's paying homage to sort of the Japanese heritage where the purple color stands for royalty in Japanese heritage and culture. Mm -hmm. So we say, look for the purple sticker, look for the sumo, you know, displays in store um, and, and hopefully they'll have a, a great experience. And I think the top knot is an easy pop off to Peel. begin yes. the peeling. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Kids probably really love that. And I'm it's a big easy kid. to peel. Like a lot it of it's the, it's the squishy skin, skin too, right? It's a much looser rind. And so mm -hmm. when you use that top knot to pop oh, pop it open, then it's a much easier peel. Um, right. It's a very easy peel. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't get all over your hands and all over your no clothes. You know, you could eat it in a three-piece suit, drive it down in your BMW, you know. <laughs> it's not messy, which is good. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I how do what's the best way to you know my house they don't last long so this is probably a moot question because <laughs> eat them so fast but if I wanted to buy a big box of them in one of the club stores you probably have a club store pack right we do we so, we have fruit at Sam's Club yes okay so if you bought one of those what's the best way to make sure they last for the longest. So if you can keep yourself from eating this and need storage, <laughs> um, I would say, you know, just like most citrus, it's all about moisture. So for longer shelf life, um, you can actually store it in a refrigerator. Airflow plays a huge role in maintaining freshness. Um, so even let's say you decide to refrigerate them, you can put them in a mesh bag as opposed to a plastic bag. So they get a little bit more of the air circulation. Um, or if you can place them in the veggie section of your refrigerator and then maybe even turn them occasionally to make sure that there's airflow, they can, they'll remain fresh. I mean, I've had fruit in my refrigerator. I think, you know, I've held it when I bought a big container for three to four weeks. I've no wow. other folks that I work with have held it even longer. So um, if it goes, you know, if it's on your counter, it can go into the refrigerator and you still have a great experience. Yeah. And great. what's the pack out at Sam's Club? What size is it? I believe it's a well, three. It's a yeah. three pound box. Is that about with based on the size of fruit? They, it's a smaller piece of fruit that goes into that club size. So I think they have about six to seven pieces um, for that. That delivers three pounds. Yeah, I, I bought them for my Sam's Club here in Minnesota, and that's they were like in a six pack or whatever. Yeah. Are they baseball size? Are they? Like how big are they? I think for that each piece, I'd have to go look at my average sizes for them, but it's um probably about mm, maybe half a pound each. So could be it's still a really big piece of mandarin. Um, but you know our largest sumo citrus can easily the largest fruit can be over a pound. So wow. I would say about probably a baseball size. Cynthia is probably right. And yeah. so over a pound is that. A softball? I would say the ones just I've to seen. Give people yeah, a, I even a have point. a visual I can share with you guys that shows the range um, versus yeah. I can share that with you. Um, it right. actually shows. So 
you can compare it, see how the range and the weight of the fruit actually varies depending mm -hmm. on the size. Yeah, please Rick, send that frankly, to me. We, yeah. We're we're only audio, as you know, but I could post oh, that that's on right. our, But I can post it on the website. And I sure. usually do an article along with each episode. So, yeah. And okay, Rick, I'm too. surprised that you couldn't give me the comparison. Comparison to what? Size? When I said, like, is it a, a softball? I mean, like, you knew the that big well, old pumpkin that took a, a yeah. forklift to move. Uh -huh. Oh, well, she's talking to Rick. Since it has since yeah. it has the top knot thing, you know, I don't know if you know this, but softballs don't have those. Just oh, <laughs> oh, okay, because yeah. we can't just kind of take a leap, <laughs> a leap forward, and I didn't say exactly. I said is it softball size, baseball. I would say that size. once you once you peel it, it's between the size of a baseball and a softball after it's peeled. That's my recollection. I think that's probably right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't it's not got 108 <laughs> stitches. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not asking crazy <laughs> specs like that. <laughs> okay, so I know most people want to eat these out of hand. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, just open, pop them open, eat them quick. But uh, are there some interesting recipes you, that you can share with us? There, you're right. So most consumers are eating it as you know, ready to go sort of snack, um, breakfast, lunch, post dinner. Um, and there are a lot of passionate fans um, who created recipes. We actually, I'll share with you the link for our recipes if you'd okay. like to include it in the article. Yeah, for example. Um, our top three, um, I would say there's actually a sumo citrus spinach salad. Um, oh, wow. There's also yeah. a sumo citrus margarita if you're Ooh, in the mood for yes. a drink. Um, <laughs> it can offset. Um, and then number three is actually there's a chia seed pudding with sumo citrus. Um, oh, that wow. Those are the top three. Um, and I'll share a link where, you know, consumers, okay. you can go on our website and see, see these and beyond. We can Back to uh, that can... margarita. Let, so let me let me, let me ask like her for salt? that. Let me ask her first for that address. Can you set? Can you give us the URL here? Even yeah. though it's audio, I'll it's post little, it on the website too. But sure, it's um it's sumocitrus.com slash blog slash recipe, okay. and I will also share that so you could include that. Okay, sumocitrus.com. You can get that. Yep. Slash blog not bl slash blog slash recipes plural. Um, it's. Actually, let me correct that. It's sumocitrus.com slash blog slash there's a hashtag recipe singular. Okay. So there's not a next next slash. It's blog ha uh, hashtag. Yes, or just a hashtag. Hyphen. Just oh, a hashtag, hashtag. Okay. and a recipe. All right. Got it. Okay. We'll give that. Like a uh, an orange cake or I would simply have to go back and double check to see. Um, we know that in the dessert space, it's been used um, salads a lot, but I'll double check to see if there's a if there's a cake recipe. I mean, I, I know that we're cake. supposed like the spinach salad that <laughs> that Let's would keep be it healthy. the best thing. Keep it However, healthy, Cynthia. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of lemon. Uh, there's a lot of blueberry. That, but orange. I haven't found a baking recipe that speaks to me. Okay. We will take that challenge on for you um, and see what we can, what we could do. There is, I know we have citrus cookies again on the website. Um, and there is a, a, there's a cheesecake. There's a sumo citrus Valentine's day specifically cheesecake. I don't know if that's your thing. Um, muffins are on that list um okay. there's a sumo citrus tart recipe we have on the website as well um i'm looking through well, it could it could probably be used uh, similar to anything that you'd use an orange with i would think but it's i haven't found an orange we have an uh, sumo citrus olive oil cake i don't know if you are hmm. Eh, maybe not, but there is, we have a recipe <laughs> for that as well. Cynthia, you need to create so, one. Cynthia's a really good Maybe cook. you could help create one, she yeah. She needs to create it for you. Come DJ on, Sumo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> very good. Yeah. So we'll we'll you know what about the zest of a the rind? Can you use it as a zest? So you can use the zest of the rind similarly to other citrus as well. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but we actually. Um, with the rind and you can edit this out if this is not, you know, relevant because this is not necessarily yeah. fresh, but we always think about ways that we can deliver, you know, a value add um, product. Right. So the fruit that doesn't make it to the fresh market Got it. from the rind of Sumo Citrus, we actually extracted oil and powder, okay. which we partnered with a beauty company called Lolly Beauty um, to create a Sumo Citrus facial cleanser, which is an all natural product um a skin brightening it has hesperidin great vitamin c so hmm. thought i would just bring that up popped into my head as we were as you mentioned the rind <laughs> the focus for the brand is the fresh right. season but we just launched this item with lolly beauty in september of this past year so it gave me a chance to talk about sumo with the australian crop and Got by it. the way we're also thinking about you know holistically using the fruit um in, in a different way within the beauty category. That's brilliant. Fantastic. Also back to candy. I <laughs> saw that, that the Japanese candy brand, Haichu. Yes. You've got to know that they mm -hmm. have a, they have a decapon flavored uh, version of it. I think is that true. Sonia? You think <laughs> it, I would have to do, I am very, I'm familiar with Haichu. I'm probably have not had a decapon flavor Haichu if they have one. Um, yeah. I read that they, a, they did at least a limited edition of that. Um, so, if there's yeah. a candy company that listens to your podcast, that would like to give us a call. Um, I'm happy to right. share my personal cell phone number. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's right. Let's get a sumo. In my address. Like, and like, yeah. We will I will text with Cynthia. She will be our... I could be the, uh, the official, you and I could be the taste testers yes. and like, see if it, if it We're makes the cut. R&D, that's why I said R&D, you and I are R&D. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, this is great. Have you ever had the chocolate orange? I have had chocolate oranges, yes. That would be a good idea, chocolate soup. I know. Yes. I think a lot of our, you know, bloggers and influencers will start, they've created those recipes. It's like dip a sumo and I'm like, it's already so sweet, but yes, you can yeah. dip it in chocolate. <laughs> we know there's a specific thing. I think it comes from England. It's called a chocolate orange. It's oh, you're talking about the candy, like in the box that comes. Yes. It's not yes. Actually orange flavored, but it's, yes. it breaks apart like sections of an orange. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. orange ish ish yeah. <laughs> flavored it's orange flavor yes <laughs> but about like, sumo wine <laughs> just or a sumo gin or a sumo vodka right like there there's a lot of flavored you know spirits there as well so yeah hey, we're, trying we're to gonna get we're gonna get paid for uh, uh, consulting and marketing we're having right now yes <laughs> we'll just I tell you, we'll just take a percentage <laughs> but we have to do a marketing trip so if they'll like bring us out we get yeah if you're ever in the san joaquin valley and you know and when we're in season if you'd like to come we'd be happy to take you to you know a sumo orchard and show you how this is all done great thank you well we've probably taken enough of your time but we have a little ritual that we oh. do here in each episode, all of our guests, as as uh, uh, you know, have, all of our guests have to go through this ritual. It's painful. Oh, so get ready. Okay. <laughs> Teresa loves puns, and in every episode, she gives us a pun. We call it the home grown. Uh. <laughs> Is the always, growl a part of it? <laughs> you can growl. Yes, the groan. We have to groan. That was a groan, not a groan. Oh, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> they're always bad. You can't laugh. The rule is you can't laugh, but you know, but you have to you have to groan. <laughs> no, I tease her. Sometimes they're pretty funny, but usually what she does is she gives it, it's usually a question, and we try to guess what the pun is. So it's a little bit of a uh, a quiz. So I will introduce it. 
And Teresa will tell us the pun and we'll see if we can guess it. Okay, here we go. Okay, Produce Buzzers podcast fans, it's time for your favorite segment on the Produce Buzzers podcast. Yes, it's time for Home Grown. Ah. Yes, you know, don't run away. Don't run away. Don't turn the volume down. Don't switch the program off. You have to stay and be punished with one of Teresa's homegrown. Teresa, what's the homegrown for this week? Well, I, first, I have to say this was a very appealing oh. episode of our podcast. Nicely done. <laughs> Agreed. But what do you call a sumo wrestler with two broken legs? Okay. What do you call a sumo wrestler with two broken legs? Um Okay, Rick, come on. You're usually good at guessing these. What do you think? A loser? <laughs> Probably. Is that like one of those words you're not supposed to use? Um, <laughs> a bowling ball? A bowling ball. That's terrible. Oh, man. Two broken legs. I don't know. I can't. I'm, my brain isn't working today. Sonia, you have any guesses? I don't think I do either. I'm very curious now, though. Okay. Okay. So what do you call a sumo wrestler with two broken legs? Anything you want, because he can't get up and run after you. Oh. 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 Sorry, I forgot I was supposed to grow. Yeah, that that was bad. That wasn't quite a pun, but it was just a painful. So what a good All right. Especially for the sumo wrestler. You you wrestled with it. (laughs) That was good. good. Okay, Sonia, we're so sorry to torture you, but thank you so much for being on the show. It's been delightful, very informative and entertaining, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Thank you again for having me, and nice to meet the the full team. Great. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you again. Bye. 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 Well, thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the Produce Buzzers podcast. Brought to you by Produce Buzz, a gathering place for lovers of fresh fruits and veggies. We hope you were entertained a bit and educated a lot about fresh produce. Be sure to join us next time. And please tell your friends to do so as well. Like, share, and comment on our Produce Buzz Facebook page. And check out our website at www.producebuzz.com. There you will find articles about fresh fruits and veggies, how to select, store, and prepare them, as well as lots of interesting facts about all the wonderful bounty the earth provides for us. Until next time, be fruitful, and don't forget to veg out. Oh,